have, we have had COVID uh, pandemic for the past three years. And I hope we're, we're getting over it now. And this pandemic has really affected a lot of people. Okay? Uh, and I think I could say for now that almost all of us have contracted COVID already. Okay? And many have died. Many have died. Many people were affected. But there's another pandemic that has affected more people than COVID. And that is the pandemic of fear. Okay? People are afraid. People are afraid of getting sick, especially critical illness. People are afraid of dying. Okay? And uh, people are afraid of losing job. With the rise of gasoline, food costs, inflation, people are afraid that there will not be enough money for them to live with. People are afraid of the war in Ukraine. It's still ongoing. It's more than a year now. And people are afraid that it will escalate to become a nuclear war or a third world war. We don't know. People are also afraid of the, the violence that is happening. You, you've heard about this bishop in L.A. who got murdered. We don't know what's behind that. Was it religious persecution? We don't know. But there's violence increasing. We also see how the culture of death is intensifying every year. Right? Abortion. We know that. Euthanasia. Made. What's made? What stands for? What does that stand for? It's medical assistance in dying offered starting last year, March of last year. And then next year, March of next year, it will be offered even to those who are just depressed. Imagine how many people would avail of that. As you know, I, I suffered from severe depression five years ago. If made will be offered to me, that will really be tempting. I'm not saying that I'm going to take it, but it will be so tempting for me to take it. So imagine, imagine the number of people who would avail of this. So people are afraid. People are afraid. And all the people, all the people, the people, all the people that they're, they're, what they're afraid of could all boil down to three, which is sickness, suffering, and death. Right? People are afraid of suffering. People are afraid of sickness. People are afraid of death. And sickness, suffering, and death, they were not there from the very beginning. When God created the world and human beings, there were no sickness, suffering, and death. God, when God, create, God created Adam and Eve, okay, they were walking harmoniously with God. God created Adam and Eve in a state of original justice and original holiness. What, what does that mean? What does original justice and original holiness mean? Original justice is having a right relationship with ourselves, with each other, and all of creation. That's original justice. Now, what is original holiness? Original holiness is sharing in God's own life 
through sanctifying grace. Holiness is synonymous to wholeness. Okay? Nothing broken. Wholeness is synonymous to holiness. The intimacy between Adam and Eve and God was not broken. That's why they have that intimacy with Him. They have this original holiness. And when Adam and Eve fell, that we've lost that original holiness and also original justice. There's a disharmony between ourselves, between God, between each other, and also with creation. And in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 397, it says, Man, tempted by the devil, let his trust in his creator die in his heart and abusing his freedom, disobey God's command. Okay? This is what man's first sin consisted of. All subsequent sin, all our sin, all subsequent sin would be disobedience toward God and lack of trust in His goodness. Isn't that true? Whenever we sin, it's because we do not trust in God's goodness. Of course, if you don't trust yourself, what will happen is that you would rely on yourself, right? If you don't trust God, you would rely on yourself. And we know how many times we have failed ourselves. So when self-reliance has failed us, what will happen is that there will be fear. Underneath that fear is a lack of trust in God, okay? And sin, sin separates us from God. We're cut off from the source of love, life, peace, and joy. That's why we experience a form of spiritual death. Okay? And, but all of us, we're wired. We're wired. That's why we're looking. We're looking for love, joy, peace, and life. But if we find these things apart from God, that's where we fail miserably and that's where we sin right we want love joy peace life apart from god that is sin because of sin there's a separation from god and that's the bad news we can't we can't reconcile ourselves to god that's the bad news and i think we need to hear the bad news first so that we would be able to appreciate the good news okay and what is the good news after the fall of Adam and Eve, there's the first gospel proclaimed. It's called Proto-Evangelium, Genesis 3, verse 15. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Here in the scripture passage, we're talking, the woman here, we're talking about Mary. She was immaculately conceived that's why she did not contract that original sin, okay? So she is the new Eve, and her son, Jesus, is the new Adam. The disobedience of Adam and Eve, because of that, they're part of the fallen team. 
the obedience of Mary, the new Eve and Jesus, the new Adam, they form the redeemed team. Okay? And, uh, and so that's good news. Isn't that good news? <laughs> I don't think it's good news to you. Isn't that good news? Yes. yes that's good news. Okay? In, in, in Scripture, it says, Therefore, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus is the good news. Okay? Because we cannot save ourselves. Jesus came to save us. Jesus is our mediator between us and God. He paid the penalty of our sin so that he could reconcile us to God and be able to restore our relationship with God and with others. Okay? A classic example of somebody who's looking for love, joy, peace, and life apart from God is in our gospel today. And we know that's a story of when Jesus encountered the Samaritan woman at the well, okay? So after Jesus asked for a drink, the, the woman at the well asked how Jesus could ask this of her as she was a Samaritan. And Jesus was clearly a Jew, okay? Jews and Samaritan, mortal enemies. He replied, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And he promised those who would drink this living water will not go thirsty. Okay? Now, after that, he said, he knew things about her, that she had been married five times and was not married to her current man. Jesus said that not to condemn her. Jesus loved this Samaritan woman. He has to say this so that he will be able to reveal to this Samaritan woman that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. Okay? So she had, so her going to the, to the well, her physical, thirst, uh, her physical thirst points to the spiritual thirst that she has. That's why she has the spiritual thirst for love. That's why she had five husbands, and the one that she's living with is not her husband. Five plus one is equals to? Five plus one is equals to? Six. Okay? You're having a hard time answering that. <laughs> okay. Six in Scripture is the imperfect number. What is the perfect number? Seven. Okay? What Jesus is, say, is telling this Samaritan woman is that the five that you've had, the husbands that you've had, and the one that you're living with, they can't satisfy you. I am your number seven. I alone could satisfy you. I alone could quench your thirst for love. And when this woman encountered Jesus and experienced his love, what happened there? She left that jar. It's a sign of her conversion. It's a sign that from now on, she would be turning to Jesus and not to somebody else. Okay? And I hope, I hope we, could, we could 
see ourselves in this Samaritan woman? What are the wells that we go to? Okay, what are the wells that we go to thinking that when we go there, it will quench our thirst? I'll give some examples, okay? I'll give some examples. Drugs, alcohol, pornography. Pornography is very rampant, okay? Extramarital affair, and other examples. These are the wells that we go to. And we go there every day, every day, day in and day out, hoping that this will really satisfy us. And that's the, the definition of insanity, right? Insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. That's why I could say in all of us, there's a level of insanity. Well, I think I should not speak for yourself. I should speak for myself, okay? I'm insane. There are times when I would go to things, people, thinking that these people are in things would satisfy me. And yet, it couldn't, right? So, Jesus, in our, sec, in our, uh, in our uh, second reading today from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, God, but God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ dies for us. Sometimes this scripture is so hard to comprehend. How could God love me? I am a great sinner. And yet, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He died for us while we, we were sinners. Okay? In John 3, 16, there's a, a famous a scripture passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Many people just know about God's love through their head, just head knowledge. They haven't encountered Jesus. They haven't experienced His love. That's why they're struggling. They're struggling to really believe of His love and His mercy. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church 2560, it talks about prayer, okay? Prayer is where we quench the thirst of Jesus. It's in one of the last words of Jesus on the cross is, I thirst. What is he thirsting? Is he thirsting for water? No. What is he thirsting? Souls. But it's not just salvation of souls. It is souls to trust in his love and mercy. Okay? That's why in prayer, he encounters us. Okay? It says in this catechism, the wonder of prayer is revealed beside the well, where we come seeking water there. Christ comes to meet every human being. Okay? He meets us where, where we, whenever we pray. Okay? Christ comes to meet every human being. It is he who first seeks us and asks us for a drink. In prayer, he's asking, quench my thirst, trust in my love, trust in my mercy. Okay? It says there, Jesus' thirst, his asking arises from the depths of God's desire for us. Whether we realize it or not, prayer is the encounter of God's thirst 
with ours. God thirsts that we thirst for Him. Whenever we pray and we are, we are believing in His love and His mercy, we are quenching His thirst. And in return, Jesus is quenching our thirst for love, joy, peace, and life. One of my favorite scripture passages is from Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Okay? This is the good news. Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to heal us. Jesus came to, to reconcile us to the Father. Jesus came to restore our relationship with God, with others. The question that we have to ask ourselves is that, what is our response? And that you will hear in the homily next Sunday.